Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Anthony Miragliata Show, the premier New Jersey-based politics podcast. First off, I just want to apologize for the very long gap in between episodes. I took on a job in mid-August, and I was dedicating a lot of hours to the job, and I just did not have the time to make any episodes. But we're back. I'm really happy to be back with you guys for another edition of the Anthony Miracliata Show. Today, we're just going to be discussing what happened in the Biden midterms. So without further ado, let's get started. Um, Looking at what was said and done in this past year's midterms, it was looking like it was going to be a lot of... So looking back on this year's Biden midterms, a lot of political pundits, consultants, and operatives were all saying that this year was going to be a bloodbath for the Democrats. And looking back on the results, the Republicans have taken back a slim majority in the House, and the Democrats have held on to their slim majority in the Senate. So why did people vote the way they voted? So start with the Democrats. Really looking at what the Democrat Party had to offer voters this year, they didn't really offer much. The only things that they offered were the January 6th stuff, which most people didn't really have moved on from that now. They also had the forever COVID stuff, which was a lot of things that voters did not like seem to care for anymore. So the, really the only issue they had to run on this year was abortion. So let's start with the Democrats. So for starters... The Democrats really did not have anything to offer their voters this year. The only issues that they had to offer their voters was COVID-19, which a lot of voters have moved on from, January 6th, which also a lot of voters moved on from. So the only issue they really had to run on was abortion. And after the Dobbs v. Jackson case was decided, a lot of people were not happy with that case, and of course, you have people who loved the decision. Um, but looking at what people have said about this case, um, and from what people have said about this case, no one, the average American, does not want abortion up until the moment of birth, and no one wants abortion completely outlawed, which means that now this easily brings in the middle ground. Like what Bill Clinton said, how abortion should be safe, legal, but rare. Shouldn't be as common as it is nowadays. But the Democrats cashed in on this issue, and it turned out to be a big payoff in some areas. But what does the Democrat Party have to do now moving forward? As we all know, Joe Biden is a political liability for the Democrats. Obviously, he cost the Democrats some votes out there. But also, looking at what we're in right now with the economy and inflation, and the economy is always a top issue in on-year elections. It's always been like that. Uh, Also, another reason why people will probably vote Democrat was with, with with still their dislike for former President Donald Trump. 
so now let's move on to the Republicans. So the Republicans, it was supposed to be a slam dunk year for the Republicans. And they completely botched it. Obviously, taking back the House definitely is a big win. But however, there were a lot of Republicans that did not vote due to their dislike for Donald Trump. Um, The whole narrative about how the Republican Party is full of domestic terrorists, they're dangerous, which at this point really Democrats really just use for buzzwords. But looking at what the Republican Party had to offer their voters this year, they had a plan on fixing inflation, bring back the booming economy we had under Donald Trump. Also with getting all the sex ed crap out of schools where it was inappropriate for it to be learned in the first place. And these are all the issues that Republicans had. Like they had numerous of issues to run on. But what happened? We had the people who cared a lot about the abortion issue vote against Republicans. We had people who did not vote for Republicans because of Donald Trump. And it really did cost Republicans a lot. Because we were all thinking, oh, Republicans will easily take back the House, easily take back the Senate, when that was really not the case. Obviously, Donald Trump is a political liability for the Republicans just as much as Joe Biden is for the Dems. But we have to look at what the average voter wants. And what the average voter wants, they care about paying more at the pump, paying more for groceries. And this is affecting everybody. Everybody it's affecting. But really what really caused the Dems a little bit in the midterms is when they were saying that, oh, inflation is transitionary. Oh, the economy is booming. We all know that's not true. So let's talk about the winners and losers of this year's prime, this year's midterms. So for starters, looking at the winners. So let's start up in New York, where my good friend Mike Lawler ran for Congress and took out the D trip chair, Sean Patrick Maloney, which was a big hit for Democrats. It was one of the most competitive congressional races in the country, and New York had a lot of competitive districts that went Republican. So really, if you want to thank any state for why the House turned red, we would have New York to thank. And part of the reason why New York went red in a lot of areas, you can thank Lee Zeldin for that. Although Lee Zeldin did come up short in the New York gubernatorial race, what he did getting all the locals out to vote, giving people a reason to vote Republican in New York, it really did pay off. And now, what we're seeing is that he's seriously considering a run against Ronna McDaniel for RNC chair, which I do believe he will do a great job for. He's already brought in a lot of new people to our party, and he definitely is the future of the Republican Party on the national front. Another winner of 
election day this year was Tom Kane Jr. He is the son of former New Jersey Governor Tom Kane Sr. And he also served as the Senate Minority Leader in the New Jersey State House. He also ran for Congress two years ago in 2020, but fell short to incumbent Tom Malinowski. And this year, Tom Kane finally takes out Malinowski in this year's election. And Tom Malinowski did run on the abortion issue and saying that Tom Kane supports abortion. Uh, no, I'm sorry, that he is against abortion and that he supports a national abortion ban, which is total BS. Tom Kane never supported a national abortion ban. And it's, it's kind of like the same bill that Lindsey Graham put in, the, in Congress. And, and of course, you know, why would you do that? It's really bad timing. But the abortion issue didn't work. It didn't work because most people in that district were not concerned about abortion. They were concerned about the money in their pockets. Because New Jersey's 7th district is a lot of middle class families who are just trying to get by. And they saw how they were being screwed by Biden inflation. And they voted the way they voted because they wanted to save money. They want more money in their pockets. And Tom Kane is going to be a, a congressman, and he'll be able to work with both sides of the aisle, which is really kind of a lost arm today's political arena, where you, you, know, you have to work with the other side. Or you can find people who agree with you on an issue and then work with them. And going down south to Arkansas, um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, our former White House press secretary under Donald Trump, is now the new governor of Arkansas. And I also believe she did get more votes than her dad. And she also became the first governor of Arkansas who is a woman, which is a huge deal. The Sanders family is very, very popular in Arkansas. So this is definitely a big win for Republicans down there. So now let's look at the losers of this year's midterms. So starting off with losers, uh, Sean Patrick Maloney, uh, the chair of the D-Trip, um, as I mentioned before, um, he lost re-election to New York Assemblyman Michael Lawler, and now he is a lame duck congressman. Um, I don't really need to explain much more about that, uh, since we really went over all this with Lawler. Another loser on election night was Nancy Pelosi. Um, she lost the majority in the House, and she has also decided to retire as House Speaker, which will end 20 years of her serving in Democrat leadership in Washington. Um, obviously, very, very um, troubling for the Democrats. Um, they're losing, you know, they're um, losing one of the most prominent Democrats in Congress to date, and they... And now they'll now begin the search for who wants to be the House Speaker next. And it's looking like it's going to be Kevin McCarthy for House Speaker. But for the new leader of the Democrats, it's going to be Hakeem Jeffries is what I'm seeing. And moving on to more losers. Uh, and this is also on, really on a state and national front. But the New Jersey Republican State Committee 
and the Republican National Committee are, I would consider, losers of this year's midterms. And here's why. Now, looking at what the work they've done this year, it was with such high expectations. And they just botched it. So, so let's start on the New Jersey front. So first off, the, there, we had four congressional elections in New Jersey that were targeted. And that was CD3 with Bob Healy and Andy Kim. CD5 with Frank Pallotta and Josh Gottheimer. CD7 with Tom Kane and Tom Malinowski. And CD11 with Paul DeGroote and Mikey Sherrill. There were four target races, and only one was where Republicans won. And that was in CD7 with Tom Kane Jr. ousting Tom Malinowski. And all the other targeted areas, uh, Bob Healy lost big to Andy Kim. Frank Pallotta lost big to Josh Gottheimer. And Paul DeGroote lost big to Mikey Sherrill. However, in one of the non-targeted areas, you know, non, the difference between targeted and non-targeted, targeted means that it is a district that is being looked at by the RNC, NRCC, and they'll get significant amount of funding um, based on how much they need or how close it is. But in the non-targeted race, it was in New Jersey's 9th district, where Billy Prempe and longtime incumbent Bill Pascrell actually got down, like, it wasn't very, very, like, like I would say, it was definitely was very, very close. Very. Um, it, it wasn't, like, razor sharp, but th- the Republicans have always struggled in that district for a long time. And Billy, by far, is one of the greatest Republicans we have ran there in 20 years. He ran against Pascrell in 2020. Um, although he lost in 2020, he got the most votes of any Republican who ran there ever in NJ9. Although part of that is also due to the high turnout that year, Billy absolutely deserves that honor. And I do believe that if he does choose to run in 2024, I think he'll, he'll finally take out Pascrell that year. Now, looking at the other target districts that I was talking about before, where the other ones just, they lost big. Now, what happened? Now, why did we lose such big, big margins? Well, here is what I will definitely say. Looking at back at what happened in this election and looking to see, oh, yeah, is the NJ GOP did, did a good job this year? If I would say, really, no, we did not do a good job. And really, the only big win really that NJ GOP can look on is that we flipped CD7 and the Cumberland County GOP has com- taken complete control of their county government. But that's pretty much all of the big wins we can really look on. Other than that, the NJ GOP did not really do a good job this year. D- other than from what I previously mentioned. But here's what I will say. The NJ GOP, as well as the RNC, have a lot of fires to be put out. And, there, and it just comes down to really a structural thing. Because now when you're losing for this long of a time, I mean, it gets to the point really where you need new leadership. You need new operatives. You need new consultants. You can't just stick with the same 
operatives every single year and then expect them for them to win. Like if they've been now, if though these operatives or consultants, if they have a long history of losing, like say like the past few years, then it's time it's time to bring in new operatives. It, it is a very big problem. And from what I'm seeing, is it's the same operatives over and over again. And these and these operatives or consultants, they have a long streak of losing, and then they still use them. And you know what? That's just typical establishment Republicans right there. But what the Republican Party really needs to focus on is finding a way to actually make an impact with the voters, find what the voters are concerned about, and adapt. As what Albert Einstein said, about insanity, that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And it's just getting to the point now where it's like it's insanity with the state Republican Party in New Jersey and the RNC. It's just the same thing over and over again. And you're expecting different results when you know that's not going to be the case. Now, find out where you went wrong this year and make changes for next year. And if you don't make any changes, then that is a huge problem. Like, how are we going to be expecting to win elections if we're using the same operatives that have a long streak of losing? If that's the case, bring in new operatives. We have to just keep branching out. And these are the operatives and consultants that are considered to be best of the best of what you do when that's not really the case. Here's my advice for the New Jersey Republican Party. Literally what needs to happen is the state party needs to be, pretty much everything needs to be wrecked down and you have to start all over again. And it starts with this. One, hire operatives and consultants that have a history of winning elections. No more hiring people based on if they're your friend. No more hiring people based on if they have no experience. We need to hire winners, and it starts now. Number two, make sure you treat your employees with respect and make sure that they are appreciated. People want to know that they're doing a hard work, especially if they're putting in so many hours a week. And when employees are not appreciated for the work that they are doing, they might not want to work for you anymore. And that just doesn't just go for political jobs. It goes for all kinds of jobs. And lastly, number three. And this is more directed towards the RNC Victory Program. The RNC Victory Programs should be left up for the states to do. Some random guy who works for the field team for the RNC and they're giving people unrealistic goals, and I guarantee you that that guy has never, ever set foot in New Jersey or any specific counties there. Like, for example, when Warren County has like a 6,000-door goal for the week, that's when you know that these goals are unrealistic because they've never set foot in the state before. It's all about numbers. And it shouldn't be about numbers. The RNC Victory Program should be about getting Republicans elected. And for the 
Democrat version, probably, I'm just going to say DNC victory, that the goal should be about getting Democrats elected for that organization. It, shouldn't be, it should not be a numbers game. It should be about a strategy that can help get candidates into office. And I know a lot of people there at the NJGOP and RNC are very focused on numbers, when numbers, to me, don't really mean anything. Especially also if your job is just to knock on this amount of doors, make this amount of make phone calls a week. Because that's not what wins elections. What matters is if you have a good strategy and you have a good volunteer program. And I do know a lot of the field organizers that work for RNC Victory, most of them, and this does not just go for New Jersey, where, it, where they are extremely underappreciated. And a lot of people are super rude to them. Meanwhile, they have so much work to do. And most of the people that are hired have no experience whatsoever. The field organizers for the victory programs should have at least some experience under their belt before they are hired. And I want to end with this. Thanksgiving is coming up. The holiday season is starting very, very soon. Um, Enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday with your family, your friends, or whoever you are spending it with. And remember that be thankful that we live in the greatest country in the world. That we live in the freest country in the world. And that's all I have for you this episode. This is Anthony Maragliata signing off. So I'll see you soon, everyone.